All right, it's Leafs Talk Game 40. We're almost halfway through the season. I'm kind of halfway because you're on with Bourne on Sunday against the mm-hmm. Flyers. I'm with Bourne on Wednesday, though. So it is your half to. Yes. Because you're off the following game. Yes. Halfway mark for the professionals. How exciting. How exciting. Uh-oh. We finally made it to the halfway mark of a absolutely uh, guaranteed first round matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you're not going up. You're not going down. You're just playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. So no. we better cook up some narratives here, pal, because no. there's going to be hey. a lot of the same. Well, there's a couple narratives tonight. One yep. is that, like I told you, I learned that producer Luke uh, has his phone on DND, which <laughs> is, an, is a normal guy move. The only, my, I was going to tell you, my only issue with DND is that mm-hmm. um, it shows it in the text messages now. Like, it's a really cocky yeah. move. Like, hey, this person has their phone on silent. Yeah, so I hate that. Don't even like try, like don't even try just yeah, it's fine. Just leave it. And then, yeah, Luke kind of big dogged me when I gave him a phone call, let him know that we might have tech issues tonight. It's no big deal. Luke, you know, you've been here for a week, but yeah, I know (laughs) he really did. He came for me with his tone. Uh, We're at the midway mark. It felt Uh, like a preseason game. The way it was, if the Leafs are on the power play, like the entire night, it was kind of a weird game where it didn't feel like a ton of energy Leafs own the Red Wings. I think that's their ninth straight game. They beat them. Yeah, they that's beat like them all the time. Guaranteed win night. Red Wings can't get a W against the Leafs. So I actually have a couple thoughts on the Red Wings in general. Um, first of all, they picked a really tough. They picked a really weird year to be kind of like fake good. You know, like why did they sign all those guys? Didn't they know Bedard was in the draft? Like it was a really good, weird time. Like they kind of got all horned up. Stevie Y, who seems to be a shrewd hockey man. Make yeah. some weird signings like Sherratt and Cop and Perron. And they still suck. And they're still no good. They've had some yeah. injuries, sure, but so does everybody else. Like the Leafs had no decor for a month. So it's not like that's yeah. much of an excuse. And it's just they're this weird, mushy middle team where you want them. If you're a Red Wings fan, you're cheering for them to lose every night. Like they're not making the playoffs. Even if you do make the playoffs, you're not doing anything. And it's going to be a massive uphill climb. There's no chance they make it. So it's a really weird one. That the other, is weird, man. I haven't even considered that because they were kind of the team that was looking to build off momentum and Eiserman, you just trust so yeah. much that I didn't even really think about them because I've been focused on Philly with this whole Tortorella refuses to lose thing. And I'm like, yeah. if you're a Philly fan, you got a nightmaresville where he's benching Hayes and he's doing his <laughs> classic, just annoy. Who thinks Torts, you know, you and I were joking about Matthews fake throwing the puck and who yeah. thinks that's funny still yeah. like, who is the person on the planet Earth remaining that still looks at John Tortorella when he says stuff like, I don't care about the all-star game when one of his guys gets in and goes, oh, he's so he's so cool. I doesn't care about anything. Like, I, he's just beyond. Absolute worst. John Tortorella, we were talking about people who give us the ick. John Tortorella, ick. <laughs> ick the, for me every the, time. And the worst part is, is the second he gets fired from the Philadelphia Flyers, which will be in the next year, he's straight onto TV again. And he acts like such a, you know what, towards TV immediately. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be really, really great to have him in our lives for the rest of our hockey watching careers. Basically, he's going to be around forever. So I'm really happy about that. But yeah, just Uh, to go back to the Red Wings, the other uh, thing is since they've come back to the Eastern conference, what year was that? 2013, 2014 range. Yeah. The Leafs and the Red Wings have never been good at the same time, really. Like they, yeah. you know, the Red Wings have kind of stunk for they, their playoff streak ended. Where they make it 26 straight years was that 2015, 2016, that range where they missed it for the first time. So they've kind of been going in opposite directions. And it's kind of kind of sucks that there's no rivalry at all with them. 
Like the Leafs just beat them like a drum. It's just, it's a one way rivalry. I don't really care about Red Wings games. And it's just, it's a, should be a team that is a super historic, relevant franchise that you should care about these games. And they're always such a bore. The Leafs just beat them seamlessly every time. Buddy, you're bang on. And this is what's so frustrating about the playoff format where Gary and the crew have decided that the only way to manufacture rivalries is to have the same teams play each other over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Except for that, that here's the problem. It's still a salary cap issue. The Red Wings should be a money team. Mm-hmm. The Habs should be a money team. The Leafs should be a money team. Even Ottawa, that's been dirtbag cheap or whatever, should be a team that has some runs where now they get some new ownership and some new blood in there and they're a Canadian market and someone tries to reinvigorate it. And instead, you end up with the team that is there year over year is Tampa, Florida, <laughs> because it's salary cap. Exactly. And so they're all stoked on it. And Tampa, I guess... I will say that out of all the expansion franchises, they're kind of the golden child where it's like they've won and they've actually built a fan base mm-hmm. and whatever. But I'm sure no, all those man, fans hockey, would still be there when they have their first 40 loss season. I'm sure they're all still it, there. It's a regional sport and there's mm-hmm. only a handful of markets that matter. And having these caps like where they prioritize again, hopefully the San Jose Sharks are in the league and the Arizona Coyotes can be competitive and all this other stuff. Fine. I've never understood why fans are so obsessed about hockey growing into markets where we've like the NHL has been around, buddy. (laughs) It's not. And it's not like if you're living in Arizona, you can't if you really love hockey, people always have the argument of, well, then Austin Matthews wouldn't have existed. And I go, are we sure? How do we know that Austin Matthews wouldn't have just seen an L.A. Kings game? You know, like (laughs) there's other teams down there. (laughs) uh, Do you like football, Sam? I love football. Yeah. Do we have an NFL team? It seems to me like a lot of people from Toronto watch the <laughs> NFL, despite not having an NFL team here. Anyway, I just the prioritization of all these other markets seems to just always come at the cost of the big market teams, which is either no cups. And then it's so funny, too, because they're talking at the board of governor meetings like, hey, you know how the salary cap will go up is if the Leafs make a cup run. So you go, it's great for the league if the Leafs are relevant win, but you want them out of the playoffs every year in the first round. You want them to play the best team every year in the first round. And then you have the Habs just like drowning and just squalor with yeah. the Red Wings. They can't figure it out. They can't get out of the basement because they need to hit on a lottery so they don't go and get Bedard one year. Anyway, just, yeah, basically this is a long-winded way of saying I this league right now kind of stinks, and I really wish that they had – just to me, it's such a simple fix. Luxury tax, luxury tax, the good teams, just like they do in the so NBA. Easy. And you take that extra money and you, and put you it give it to, to the, the poor. It's like, it's, why is it so hard to figure out? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> I, I have no idea. It, Bettman is just one of those guys who it's, it's not his idea. No, exactly. Someone else had it. Yeah. They got, we got to get, you know what we got to do? Inception two. Gary Bettman. Have him sleep in a dream. Leo goes in, makes Gary think that luxury tax was his idea. I actually have a better idea. What? Make make a luxury ta- ad uh, electronic board ad. And he'll be like, oh, that's oh. a pretty good idea. Oh, <laughs> the posters. Oh. They love it. The posters love it. Uh, anyway, it, you're right. It sucks that this is a rivalry. I would say that Leafs Red Wings, to me, is the most beautiful sweater matchup in hockey aesthetically pleasing through the roof i'd kill it's for gorgeous. one time red on blue i'd kill for yeah. them to do their red on blue matchup like they did at the winter classic that one time i think they should do it every time but just give it to me once in a while it's such a 
Both their jerseys are so nice, so it doesn't matter which one you wear. You're right. It's just an aesthetically pleasing, two very classic sports Boy. colors, red and blue. Like, it's just, it's a perfect matchup. So There's, get good Red Wings. Be good one year. It's like Leafs Red Wings and Habs Bruins. Mm. When I see those two teams play, there's just something clicks for me a little bit where I go, this is what I'm supposed to be watching on television tonight. This is supposed to be the thing. Anyways, the Red Wings stink. There's really nothing there. No. Um, from the game itself, uh, I think that there's three stories. Marner's 500th. Mm-hmm. We've really done Marner to death this year. There's been the power play, the switchover, and then there was Samsonov. Where do you want to start? Um, I think you'd probably start with Samsonov because it was a really important start for the Leafs and for every and for every Leaf fan psyche, to be honest. I, I think we should start with Samsonov, right? Like he just yeah. he wasn't I, I wouldn't say he was spectacular, but he was just a solid gave you a solid shift. Looked like a good goalie in there, made that one really nice stop on Rasmussen where he turned around and kind of he kind of like he used his blocker and his pad, made a great save. I'd say that was his best save of the night by far. But like pucks hit him, they stuck to him, nothing squeaked through him. What he finished with 26 saves, 25 saves in that range. But he just looked like a solid NHL goaltender, like he looked at the start of the year. So for my psyche, for the Leafs psyche, for every Leaf fan psyche, I'm just really happy to see him have a good start. Same. Um, he looked big and he looked confident in the net. Mm-hmm. And I, I was actually thinking about them giving him this start tonight. Um, it doesn't say too much to me because Sheldon Keefe has been a different coach and there's always been this discussion of, should you start what does the starting goalie get the second night of the back to back or how does this operate or whatever? But to me, this is actually a pretty decent indication. Now, if you're looking at, because there's been enough nights now where you look at it and go, Oh, are they giving Matt Murray the night off because of rest? Or are they giving Samson off this start because they're trying to give him confidence or whatever. To me, the picture is clear. Now, this is just an open competition. There yeah. is no, this is not a Matt Murray's net anymore. This is a, these two guys are battling for the spot. And as much as Samsonov hasn't looked good, like his last four games, he was sporting an 850 save, right? He had let yeah. in some dreadful goals. Team is winning a lot of games with him in the net. They're eight, one and one in his last 10. So the results have been there. I, I just, to me right now, I think that they are probably going to stick with a formula much like this for the vast majority of the season. But if a guy like Samsonov can get hot or Murray can get hot, uh, that's where I think you're actually going to start to see the split change a little. I, I don't I don't I think that this plan that we're seeing right now, the your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn is is very much the way it's going to be as long as these guys continue to have kind of like mediocre play or one good night, one bad night. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's probably the right way. Like, I think there was a stretch there where you could have argued Matt Murray should have taken over when he was really hot when yep. kind of uh, Samsonov was taking that swoon or whatever. But when they like I was following on Twitter this morning at Morning Skate, all the beat reporters were saying that Matt Murray was in the starters net at Morning Skate. And to me, I was shocked by that. I, I you know, if this is a true competition, which they, like you said, have given every indication that it's going to be. I was like, well, do you have to give Samson off tonight because Murray was dreadful. He's probably the number one reason they lost that game. I know they only scored one goal in that game, but it, the softy just broke their back. They actually had nothing yeah. left. So. When I saw that, I was like, he's starting tonight, Murray? This seems like an obvious Samsonov one to me. And then Keefe, of course, confirmed it. And then they'll give, and then they'll give uh, Murray the Flyers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's just the right choice. I, I, think it's, I think if one guy has a really great start, maybe you can go two games in a row. But I think you're right. I think it's just going to be one-off, one-off, and just see who gets hot here. And then make, it a, ter- make a determination towards the playoffs. Like, 
one thing that Kipper always talks about on our show is that, like, you know, going into the playoffs, are you concerned about it? You know, like who's the starting goalie? If you have one bad game, you go to the other guy. To me, it's like whoever wins the goddamn game. I don't really care at this point. Like I really, I'm not saying I need this guy to be the starter. I need this guy to be like, I was thinking like that with Murray earlier, kind of like, I was like, oh, they need this guy to establish himself as a starter. I'm at the point now when they were both bad. It's like, I don't give a crap. Who's, who's in the net. I just need one of them to be decent. That's what I, where I'm at. Yeah. I think that most people are there with you. What I would say is that I like I like the split for a couple reasons. One is that you keep both guys. I think it's a little bit more dangerous for Matt Murray. To me, he the way he came in and the way that it's been discussed around him and and what I've my understanding of guys who know him who have spoken to me about him mm-hmm. is that he's the type of guy who would definitely want to be more of the guy. Mm-hmm. Samsonov wants to be it too, but I, I think that him being in a split, like the, the situation it's in right now, where it gets to be a competitive, like your turn, my turn, mm-hmm. that does suit Samsonov more from a personality standpoint. My worry was actually always that Murray, if he got so hot and Samsonov did become the backup purely out of poor play that you would kind of lose him mentally and that he might check out on the season a little bit or get too down on himself. And then you wouldn't have him. This way, this is kind of the situation of if you have two starting goalies, do you have one? Or do you have, if you have two goalies, yeah. do you have one? That is the concern, but I don't mind having these two guys stay competitive throughout the year. The, the other part I was going to say is that save that you saw Samsonov make in the second period, uh, again, on the Rasmussen one, the athletic save, that to me is still why there's a part of me that hopes he can kind of steal the job. I, I view Murray as the higher floor guy. I still view Samsonov in a weird way as the higher ceiling just because of the athleticism he plays with at the position. For sure. That's completely fair. I think what we've seen from Murray over his cold stretch here is the lack of athleticism in bad hands, right? Yep. And that's that's what that's what we were all scared of when every goalie guy that we've had on on our various shows since they signed these two guys or brought these two guys in has been Murray is not very athletic. He's slow and he's got bad hands. And that over his cold stretch here has been what you've seen. And with Samsonov, it was, you know, he's athletic. When he's at his best, he's really flying around and making athletic saves. And that's what he looked like tonight. So um, I think I think that's fair in terms of, and it's also an age thing, man. Like he's much younger, yeah. right? So I think yeah. that part of it in terms of upside, there's still a lot more room for Samsonov to become something, I think, than you know what Murray is. You know, yeah. like this is what Murray is. Maybe he's going to get hot for a stretch in the playoffs. Maybe he's going to get hot for a stretch in this year. But I think it's pretty clear as to what he is as a goalie now. Like, I don't think there's another step for him to take here. So no, I, th- I think bro, I completely and- agree with you on the fact that Samsonov's upside is much higher than, than Murray's is. What I would say, though, too, is I know we're doing like playoff projection stuff halfway oh. through the season. But, yeah, clearly you would rather have one of the guys emerge as a stud and have some hierarchy in the net and that it's Matt Murray, whatever, the guy with pedigree who's won big games before, won playoff series, that he steps up, he's healthy, you enter into a playoff series, and Samsonov's a break glass in case of emergency guy. But I, I have a hard time seeing this season where it plays out in a way that one of those guys could have two bad games in a row in a playoff series or something, and the Leafs wouldn't just go to the other one mm-hmm. for a different look. Like, yeah. I just think that that's going to be on the table no matter what. So having them both that's be engaged is fair. the worst thing. 
Yeah, yeah like, and I, you've seen that happen with really good starting goalies. Like, remember when the yeah. Blackhawks did it with who was it, with Crawford, and they went to Scott Darling. Like, you've seen it with Grubauer when they went when Holtby scuffled in the first couple of games. They went to Grubauer with the Caps. Like, you've yep. seen that a lot of times. So you're right. It's a great point. Like, it's not like it's just it's established starting goalies. This happens to yep. too. Outside of Vasilevsky, who the Leafs have to beat, who is just a mutant. Yeah, I- and plays every I just don't minute think they're going to have to find some guy. It's not like this season is a quest to find the guy who's going to be playing seven games in the no. postseason. Like, they're they're probably going to be on the table that one of those guys, like, may, but when we get there and do the over-unders, I would say if the Leafs play a seven-game series against Tampa, that, yeah, the over-under of .5 starts for whoever the backup is at the time, likely Samsonov, is definitely over one over. game. Like I'm taking over. Yeah, that, that he gets a game in that series. Anyway, um, I just, I liked... The confidence that he played with and we say this over and over and over again but it's just the way i feel hey samsonov didn't let in a softy and for a guy like that who's been fighting it a little bit between the ears clearly the way that he's been talking to the media the way that he's been playing i think that that's a huge performance where it's like hey the team didn't the team clearly was better than the red wings they beat them a lot that's not a crazy tough opponent but he made an impact on that game he came up with timely saves he was big in the net he had one monster save he had one where like he was in good position where he forced, I think it was Larkin to kind of double clutch with almost mm-hmm. an open net. He just stayed with the play. It was a little bit of an underrated yeah. moment. Like he, he gets to feel involved in that one. So good for Samson. And there was a, there was a one right to start the third period. I think yeah. it was right to start where Rasmussen came down off the wing and fired that like little weird one right yeah. in on the hands. No, and exactly he had the, you're talking about. and he had the post sealed nice where it's like yeah. a guy that's fighting it. In the net. That's what, that's one that like kind of trickles in and it's like, Oh, it's three, two, it's two, two all of a sudden and this game gets out of hand. And Simmer was like, that was a tricky one. That's a good save by, by, by Samson off there. And I, I agree. Like he made it look, you're right. Big in the net. That's a, that's basically what I'm trying to say here. But yeah, like it's just a nice night for Samson off. Yep. Okay. So number two power play. Felt like the Leafs were on it all night long. They mm-hmm. do get a power play goal. It does also coincide with Marner getting 500, his 500th point, and then the hilarious haha moment for Matthews where he showed uh-huh. out all his jokester. Hee-haha. His, his hilarious, the hilarious stylings, the comedy stylings <laughs> of, of Pape. <laughs> yeah. So, Yuck yucks. <laughs> the, the story there, though, outside of 500 is the guy who gets the secondary assist, who snaps it to Matthews, Matthews misses the net, and it bounces off the boards, careens right onto Marner's stick, pops it in, goal. It's Morgan Riley, a guy who hadn't been playing on the power play. They've been going with the five forwards. I, I'm going to admit that I'm a little disappointed. I know that the power play wasn't scoring, and I know that they they gave up a... Well, that was a weird one. The The goal that they end up giving up is just... Uh, that's I guess we could say that's on Samsonov not hitting the stick off the ice on the two defensemen for forgetting that the penalty was coming to the end, whatever. The team yeah. just had a laid an egg. But I to me, and this is something I'm going to talk about with Bourne on Wednesday, and you know, you guys might talk about it tomorrow, about the power play. I'm sure you will. I, I'd like to see what he sees because to me, the five forward thing, I just love having Tavares and Bunting in front of the net. And the guys on the flanks and at the top, it just feels less predictable to me and dangerous whenever the pucks go towards the net. And I know Riley makes the good play, makes a good pass. He's a good power play. Uh, he's a good power play defenseman. I want to say quarterback, but he's not really that anymore when he's coming off. So you can't really call him the quarterback when he comes off. I'm a little disappointed they didn't stick with it, but it's, it's again, when you're prepping for the playoffs, it was kind of always hard for me to envision it being there. Either way, I just... 
I would have liked to have seen the run go beyond today and not abandon it midway through the season against the Detroit Red Wings. If you're going to do it, just do it. I think Simmer nailed it again on the broadcast saying, I don't think this is much about the the five forwards as it is about trying to get Morgan Riley going. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's, I think that's perfectly said. Like, I think they're, everyone hears the noise about Riley. You don't think, I mean, we watched, what was that? 24 seven or whatever the hell that was wrote the Amazon series. I forget what it was called, but like they're aware of the narratives. They remember that like huge argument they had about Austin Matthews. Of course. They're aware of the narratives. They know what Morgan Riley is going through right now. He is the number one whipping boy on this roster. Yep. Everyone talking about how he's not the guy. I I think it's probably a factor of they need to get his confidence back. They need to get him going. They need to get some cookies for him. And he ended up getting an assist. He ended up getting his yep. name on the score sheet. It's nice to see. You contributed to, was that the winning goal? Was that the second goal or the first goal? I think that the was the first goal. That, that was, was the first goal. The so it wasn't goal. A, no, that Tavares was the second goal on the break oh, away right. off yeah, of, of Yarncook yeah. pass. So yeah. yeah, no, that was a that was a just nice to see it for Riley. I thought he was better tonight. I think you know it's easy to say so he was I. better when they when they only score one goal and Samsov makes a bunch of great saves. You know who was trying to box out that mutant Rasmussen in front of the net when he had that chance yep. was Morgan Riley. So yep. like if that goes in, we're all like, oh my god, he can't box him out. So it's amazing what a couple great saves will do for a defenseman's night. But I thought he was better tonight, a lot more decisive taking the puck up the ice, getting it towards the net a little bit better. So hopefully he can kind of get it going in the right direction because it hasn't been pretty since he came back. I actually thought that right before the Tavares goal, he made a really nice play on an odd man rush. Which is not his forte. No, exactly. And no, he just, he did look solid tonight. And Mm -hmm. if you're right in the, in the long run of this season, making sure Morgan Riley is feeling confident and good about himself and involved in the team and not like the whipping boy is definitely more important than probably experimenting with the five forwards. I just thousand percent. I just, I still, I, I want to hear Bourne kind of break it down what he has seen through the, the tape over like this, this stretch that we've gotten, because to me, it's just the bunting Tavares in front of the net with those other three guys taking turns from the flanks and up top. It just, feels terrifying i just when i'm watching it i think the Leafs are going to score every single time and even tonight where they didn't get it going early that first power play they had it was just oh well that's scary for you that's scary for you that's scary for you and what's that hellman is the name of the goalie for the hellberg hellberg that's it uh sounds like a sounds like a a villain in a old superhero movie hellberg Hellberg. yeah he's (laughs) he he made a real a not a lot of really nice saves tonight. he was really quality Um, Marner gets the 500th and all like, like the only thing I was thinking of is not just how great his season's been. It slowed down a little bit from where it was, but yeah, that's because he had a insane point streak and he was just carrying this team at times from an energy standpoint. Um, he was clearly going to be their choice for the all-star team. I think that Nylander and Matthews probably both end up getting selected. Um, I don't know. Matthews deserves it and he deserves it, whatever. Um, Matthews deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Being on the Ulster team. Yeah, dude, he has more even strength points last time I checked than Connor McDavid. Wow. Yeah, Connor yeah, McPower. He deserves play. it. He deserves it. I know, Connor McPower play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's just inflated. Uh, I was trying to think about where I think Marner is already on the all time Leafs greats list mm. and whether he can be where he kind of should be from a points numerical standpoint without any playoff success like it's so hard with the Leafs right because if you're going to judge it by cups it's all the original six franchise players right like 
Okay, so George Armstrong is a better uh, Peter he, Kennedy. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's just it's kind of hard to do this, but I would say like modern day players, post cap, it's pretty clear. Like I guess Sandine extends into that, but yeah, yeah, there is just sort of a part of me that's going. This is the arguably second best Maple Leaf that we've seen, certainly since Sundin. But think if Marner was on those Sundin teams all those years, like he's going to finish a, with a, bit a decent winger for Matt's. Well, yeah, like I just think about how we revere Alex McGillney, who I still think is an underrated player, should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. Extremely stupid that he isn't. Insane. Uh, the way that the way that we revere Gary Roberts and just. I know that these things usually come at the end of guys' careers where they get a little bit more love and respect, mm-hmm. but yeah, Marner is just like far and away a better player than those guys were, right? Including McGillney, and McGillney was awesome, and McGillney was a revolutionary player, but yeah, 500 points to do it this quickly in a career is pretty nuts. Yeah, and I think it's pretty easy to say that if Matthews and Marner stay with the Leafs their entire career. Matt Marner will probably have the points record and Austin will easily have the goals record. Like, I think, I yeah. don't think that's a, f- a hot take by any stretch no, of the imagination. Well, it's not even a hot take. It's, it's like, it's, it's actually, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's so obvious that it's not even no, it's all just, that fun. No, it's just, it's going to be like, yeah. I mean, the bigger question is if they're both with the Leafs their entire career, as opposed yeah. to them having the most points. So I, you know, Marner, it's a complicated relationship as we all know. The you know there's been some things said <laughs> by both sides over his career here uh, in terms of a lot of different things like it's a complicated relationship. But on the ice during the regular season, there haven't been many guys that have been better in blue and white since I've been watching. So happy to see him get 500 points. And Ma- Matthews is the he's the second fastest because Matthews is the fastest. Yep. It's crazy. It's we're we're really spoiled right now, and yep. you just hope that they can get past the first round, make a playoff run. If these guys get past the first, go to this conference finals, they're gods. Yeah, forget a, forget just, a cup. Like they they do don't that. even need a cup. It's like they just, yeah. they go to the conference finals and have some big moments. These guys are beyond gods in the city. Like it's, it's Bingo. crazy. So that's, anyways. that's, that is the correct take is that as long as they don't just end up being historical chokers. Yes. They'll be fine from a history standpoint. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. But I do have one last thing, which is our couple, boy Holmberg. I got, a, I got a couple more. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, Holmberg. Our, our, our boy Holmberg got a goal, but uh, uh and, and it was nice. I texted this to you. To me, at one point this season, it was, hey, this is nice. He's getting regular season burn, but you can't have him on the playoff roster. Even if the Leafs add, I think he's getting bumped out to the wing, and he's playing on the playoff roster essentially, no matter what. Now, do you agree? completely agree his his play has not dipped for one game like he has been the same consistent defensive responsible pretty good offensively with a good if he wasn't playing with two absolute butchers he might have a few more points like he really has been incredibly consistent since he came up so uh this is what i was talking about this with uh on on friday but one of AMAC's classic takes is like the Leafs have always needed a guy to come out of the woodwork for their bottom six. That's just going to be a contributor. Yep. And Holmberg is it. He's a sixth round pick from the Marlies that none of us had ever heard of. And I remember when we were like, they're starting Holmberg over Robertson. Like what a slap in the face to Robertson. It's like, no, Robertson, not that bad, actually. You got like yeah. stud, stud center who plays in all situations now who's playing really great. It wasn't that yep. bad a snub. So I, no, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for him. You know me, I started to push for Pontus, get him to the All-Star game. Uh, hashtag push for Paul Pontus if you want to get it on that. So I uh, love yeah, the guy. I'm on that. Yeah, get him to the All-Star game. Let him get 
complete blue and white disease by his own height. <laughs> Start to make sort of sheets abound. Yeah, exactly. No, I was I was gonna say that when that goal went in, uh, uh, I thought this is Kiprios's moment where he's just gonna do a tweet like guess I what, told you so. Like, hey, he Tavares said, is the, playing harder because he's afraid of losing his spot. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, no, um, nice night for Tavares too. That goal. Hey, say whatever you want about Tavares slowing down and the conversations that have happened about him lately. You want a guy in on the net? To score Elite. in tight like that, it's just there's very puck few on, guys. Puck on his stick below the hashies, probably yeah. going to be in the net. It's probably going in. And yeah. just the way he does it, calm finisher, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Holmberg, yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to say. To me, I still think that the Leafs could add another centerman. I've, I'm still in the mold of hoping that they end up somehow getting Taves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he would Love be that. on my, at the top of my wish list items of guys that are available that the Leafs could get in on. If that was the case, I, I think Camp is your fourth line center and then you're bumping other guys out to the wing. But yeah, I think Pontus could be there and that does help you if you do decide that a guy like Engvall or Kerfoot goes the other way in salary is just he gives you the option of thinking about those things in an all-in 100%. season, right? So 100%. that's just really nice with him. The other thing I want to say hmm. is that on that fourth line, Dryden Hunt is just doing stuff every night. It's not, I don't want to blow this guy up too much. It's the no. reason why I left it for the end of the podcast because I just like, I don't want to seem like that classic Toronto person that like freaks out for a guy that leaves a hit, but he does it, man. And even on that every play shift. where that fourth line scored, he was, he's just active. He's active. He's doing a lot of the stuff that I actually thought Zach Aston Reese was sort of supposed to be doing, which is have that little extra fear of, hey, you got to keep your head up when he's out here because he'll, he'll run you and then make just a simple read. And that's yeah. it. He has a he simple does, he game. He never overdoes it. That's it. It's a simple game. There's nothing to it. He Has he been a little reckless at times? For sure. But do I think that that's actually a good thing to have in your fourth line guys who's bringing it? Like, yeah. I don't want him out there injuring people or hitting people from behind. But I want people to think he could. You yes. know? And he's got a little bit of that. So I, I'm I'm just enjoying the few minutes that he gets a night in. I, I just think like... He has one or two shifts a night where I notice him, and that's nice because I'm noticing him in a positive way, never really in a negative way. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I I was joking that he was Zach Aston Reese's body double, but he is yeah. definitely better than Zach <laughs> Aston Reese. Like, there's no question. I listen. I don't want to just pile on a guy. I, yeah. He makes the opposite read, like. He's got pass when he should shoot and shoot when he should pass syndrome. Like, it's just, he doesn't make a read ever. He's got hands of granite. It's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to watch. It really is. Like, I, I, I that guy is, not, you know, who is not on the playoff roster? Him. Like, I can't, how many, I when's the last time he had a point? Though. I know, but I think that they just try, like, he's one of those guys where they don't feel like the puck's going in their net when he's on the ice, which is okay right. with your bottom six guys. Right. I right. think they trust him, man. Yeah, I think he's there. Uh, yeah, they do. Thing. Last thing, uh, the indigenous inspired tarps for warm up. Gorgeous. Oh my God. And Auctions I don't know. Auctions happening for yeah, some indigenous Amazing. causes. I can't remember uh, the name. I should have written it down. Unbelievable design and the shoulder design. Like it's just, it yeah. looks so good. But the thing that always, like everyone's like, you got to wear them in a game. It's like, can't you just enjoy them in the warm up? Like they look beautiful. They're great warm ups. Like, do you have that take? Like wear them in the game. It's always such no. a weird take when there's these gorgeous warm-up jerseys all across the league, like the Pride Night ones and all these indigenous yeah. ones, like all these different ones are sick. And then everyone has to like devalue, like, be like, you have to wear them in a game. It's like, just enjoy them. It's such a weird take to me. No, I don't. 
I don't ever think about that, to be honest. I, I'll, I, I'm very much on record. I actually really like the way the Leaf sweater looked on them this year. The third, whatever, the alternate, what are the those called? Retro. The reverse retro. The reverse retro. Maybe the nicest nice. jerseys they've ever had. They're so beautiful. But yeah, I just, I, I'm a big believer in that when you're a classic franchise that isn't known, like I actually think the Oregon Ducks are a classic franchise, but they are known being the Nike headquarter town yeah. team that always switches up the uniforms. I prefer it when a classic team like the Leafs doesn't, deviate very often that's fair. Like, so i don't mind that they do that for just the warm-ups and not the game uh i also think it's great that all the proceeds for those like warm-ups went to those like indigenous causes they were up on the leafs website yeah i, I don't know it seemed a little light only 20 percent of the rest of the merch went to the other ones i yeah. went where's the rest of it going and yeah. especially since they sold out immediately, and leafs I thought making enough cash, maybe like yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't want to be overly critical yeah. of what I don't know where the rest of the money's going. But I did see that the Mitchell and Ness stuff that was up on the website because I actually went to go look. There was a T-shirt, but you know beautiful. me, I ref, you know me, I refuse to buy leaf stuff now. I haven't in a very long time. I'm. It's just a position. It's my small silent protest for never winning and the prices and the amount of money they make and whatever. Um, You're here. I went to go. I went to go take a peek at the one of those shirts tonight. I yeah. took a peek. Gone almost, immediately. It, and it was almost sixty dollars for a t-shirt. And I went. I wouldn't have bought that knowing the price. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like the Macklemore. Sixty dollars for a t-shirt. That's like no way. But I, I certainly wasn't doing it for only 20% to go because you sometimes you kick that up a notch and go like you know this is your and then no. Um, Either way, but sold out immediately. All of this stuff. I went, you guys couldn't have foreseen hey, this hey, happening. Hey, like make hey, more. Yeah, Get make more, more it's stuff. Like, it's like Canada soccer when they were like the hottest in the streets and you couldn't buy a jersey anywhere. It's like, hey, Nike, just make more of them. <laughs> like, you're yeah, no, Canada soccer. <laughs> uh, no, let's not nah, talk about that. Not too triggered. Nah, yeah, don't get sorry. me triggered to ruin the show. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. Anything else? All good, brother. Good show. All right. Thanks to Big Dog Luke. Big Dog and me. <laughs> Alpha. Mr. Cool, Mr. Cool Luke. Sorry for bothering cool you, hand, sir. Luke. <laughs> Sorry for bothering you, Luke. Sorry, bro. Uh, yeah, it's Leafs Talk. Hey, again, it really helps us when you leave five stars on the podcast pages and when you leave a review. And we know there's a lot of people, a lot more people listen to this than there are reviews, okay? So we would really appreciate it if you could just take the two seconds, go to Spotify, do that, share it on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to do, or leave the little thumbs up on on uh, YouTube if that's where you're watching it. But yeah, take two seconds, help the boys out. All right, follow at JD Bunkers at Sam McKee. Uh, see you Sunday night.